Thank you for engaging today's message with Wind River Community Church. Our prayer for you is that you will encounter Christ and grow in your relationship with Him. May this encourage you in connecting with other people who follow Jesus as well as knowing you are not alone. If you would like prayer, please text us at 307-240-8742 or if you would like more information about this program or past messages, visit our website at windriverchurch.com. I look forward to hearing what God is doing in your life. And now, here is today's message. So I don't know whether you know it or not, but we are at the beginning of the Christmas or the holiday season, and we're going to be inundated with Christmas advertisement and commercials. It's already happening, and and they're just going to be all over us to help us prepare for this big celebration time. It's a great time of the year. The plethora of holiday ads has started even earlier this year. Just the Saturday before our trunk or treat, I was watching a college football game, and all of a sudden, a commercial came on, and it showed a luxury vehicle, and pretty much the message of that commercial was, if you really love your significant other, you will buy them this vehicle, this luxury SUV. And if you don't buy it, if you don't buy it, then you just don't love your significant other person. Who knew that your love could be expressed through some kind of vehicle for somebody else? So what they've really done is they've kind of, they've, they skipped Thanksgiving. I, I haven't seen anything that says, hey, Thanksgiving is here. It's all ready all about Christmas holiday time, and there's all kinds of things that they're going to throw at us. We're going to be overwhelmed with all the stuff that they're throwing at us, all the commercials, all the advertisements to tell us that our life is missing out, that what we, we need, they have, that, that what we don't have enough of what they've got, and that we need this in order to make this the best holiday season ever. You'll need to brace yourselves, just in case you didn't know, because there's going to be a tsunami of commercials that are just going to overwhelm you with the advertisements of everything you didn't know you need, but you do need in order for your life to be a good life. And then on top of that, you're going to have all the school concerts, the the gatherings, the parties, Uh, All the the great things that are going on, you're going to have the Light Up Lander Christmas Parade. That's going to be awesome. And and don't forget, you've got 24-7 Hallmark movies at your disposal. Yeah, isn't that enough to make you want to go outside and roll in the snow naked? But my best, my my part that I love the most is I, I really do like Christmas music. I like the Trans-Siberian Orchestra, amen? Oh yeah, some of you folks need to get to that concert. That's a good one. Plus, one of my new favorite things is listening to jazz music. Christmas jazz now. I put that on because I I used to play worship music in my office when I was studying, and I found that it took me longer to do my work because I was always stopping what I was doing to sing along with whatever was playing. I just had that... It's a good problem to have, but so, you know, I don't know any words to jazz music. It's just, it's nice. So anyway, I just 
a little light into my life. So, but I want to encourage you to celebrate this time of the year. Do something. Put up some lights. If you think putting up lights is too much work or it's too dangerous, you can go down to Walmart. You can get this thing that you put in your front yard and it, you plug it in and it puts a Christmas hologram all over your house. You can do that. But do something. Have some fun with this. This is, this is a great time of the year, so we need to get in that celebration mode. There's a caution that I do want to bring to your attention as we're overrun with the relentless running of advertisements this season. There's a message that's coming at us at a relentless pace, and it is baiting you at your core. It is a scheme that is calling to your soul, and it's the underlying message of everything you're going to hear and see during this season. We need to address it so that we can get into this festive, celebrative time and maximize our connection with God and with other people. But I do believe that there are some spiritual dynamics that are not easily spotted, and you have to pay attention in order to see them. And so let me give you the core scheme of the soul-level message for this holiday season. It's very simple. Uh, Are you ready? And it's an oversimplification, and here it is. Here's their message to you with all the advertisement. Your life stinks. Merry Christmas. <laughs> it's the message behind, behind of letting you know, the message behind letting you know that your life stink, stinks is they're saying, don't worry about your life stinking because we're here to help you. We're going to be your savior because we have what you need in order to make your life not stink. We've got all the stuff that's going to make your life complete because right now you're lacking. You don't even know that you're lacking, but you're lacking all the good things to have a really great life. Right now, your life isn't great. Right now, your life is sad. That's the message they want you to get. And and here's the thing that they're trying to convince you that if you get this one thing that you're missing out on, then when you get it, you will know real joy and happiness that has evaded, your enti- evaded you your entire life. It, it, uh, it's not always just stuff either. It's an idea. So what they do is they show you this, this nostalgic picture, kind of a, a Norman Rockwell picture of this happy family sitting around the table, and there's tinsel, and there's a tree, and, and everything looks at peace, and everybody looks beautiful and kind and loving towards one another. But that's a, that's a very fragile idea, but they're trying to get you to believe this idea because if you believe this idea, then what you're going to do is you're going to go out and you're going to buy the, the things that are going to help your life become, you're going to buy that exercise plan. You know the one that you bought last year and didn't use? They want you to buy it again. They've got, they've got the other things that will just enhance your life. If you purchase this food delivery plan to your home, you would just become the most important person in your neighborhood. It's going to be really great. You need to do it. So, I want you to enjoy this time of the year because it is a fun, especially if you have kids. They're already getting ramped up. 
If you have grandkids, it's especially great. Now, we're not going to get to go to be with our grandkids this year because we're a little bit busy. But I told Lorinda the other day that I've discovered the perfect gift for all of our grandkids. We're going to buy each of our kids a big box. Then we're going to throw in all kinds of paper into the box. Then we're going to wrap it, and then we're going to send it to them. And on Christmas morning, they'll tear into the paper, open the box, dump out all the paper, eat the paper, <laughs> crawl into the box, spend the rest of Christmas Day hiding in their box, and they will think I am their champion. <laughs> and we will have saved a ton of money. Merry Christmas, grandkids. Here's my desire for you, is that you don't get caught up in all the things that aren't true. I don't want you to believe the lies that, that they're sending to you, because when you believe those lies and you step into trying to get all of this stuff, you will just become frustrated and you'll be disappointed. I, I would rather have you find hope that is for you and your family and your friends and really understand the things that are truly worth celebrating at Christmas. So if you have your Bibles, and I encourage you to bring them, I want you to turn to that very famous Christmas passage, Ecclesiastes chapter 3, and we'll be at verse 11. Now some of you are going like, there's a Christmas story in Ecclesiastes 3? No, but I'll help you find one. And um, what I want to do is I just want to talk to you this morning because there are some really good things that God does in, during the Advent. And let me just tell you what Advent means. It simply means coming. So when you think about Mary and Joseph with baby Jesus in the manger and the cattle and the ox are, are lowing over here and you've got the sheep who are looking at Jesus with a little bit of a smile on their face knowing that he is the great shepherd. And then the, the shepherds come in and they tell about all the angels. That is a great picture of the first advent, the first coming of Jesus. But there's going to be a second advent. And that second advent, Jesus isn't coming back as the, the suffering servant. He's not going to come back as the lamb who takes away the sin of the world. When he comes back next time, he's going to come back with a big old tattoo on his thigh and a sword in his hand, and he is going to come as the King of kings and the Lord of lords, and he is going to call all of us who belong to him to himself, and then he is going to set every wrong right. And that's the second advent. We're just going to focus on the first one for today. And um, there's some things I really think that are really important for you to know. And so before we get into Ecclesiastes, I want to take us back to Genesis. Because in the first chapter of Genesis, God's doing his magnificent work of creating. He's creating all of the universe, all of the world, everything. And in verse 27 of chapter 1, it says, So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him male and female, he created them. This is what I want us to focus on, is, is that God came and put man 
on earth. But here's the deal about when he created man. Just before he, cre- before he created them, just before verse 27, in that same chapter, I think it's verse 26, it says that God said, let us make man in our image to be like us. In other words, when he says, let us, God's talking It's God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. The three in one, they're having a conversation together and talking about how they will create man and that they will create man in in the image of God. So every person in this room, every person that walks on planet Earth is an image bearer of God. That's it? Yeah, you've got to help me out a little bit here today, okay? Because I keep smelling the food and I'm getting hungry. So here's the thing that sets us apart from the rest of creation. It's not our thumbs. It's not that we have this conscience. It's the invisible attributes and the untouchable God-like parts that God put into us that none of the animals have, nobody else has it. That way we bring more honor, more glory to God just by living and breathing and doing what He created us to do. And so this morning as we go into into Ecclesiastes, there's one of these attributes, one of these things that God placed into every person that's ever born that we need to know about. So let's go to Ecclesiastes 3.11, he has made everything beautiful in its time. Also, he has put eternity into man's heart, yet so that he cannot find out what God has done from beginning to end. I'm not going to f- focus on he has made everything beautiful in its time because that's a different message for a different time. Today, I just want us to focus on that little phrase, he has put eternity into man's heart. When you were born, when you came into this world, there was this gap, there was this chasm inside of you that God put in there that, so that you would long for, for eternity, so that you would long to live forever, that you want to live forever. You can see that, that we have this desire to live forever because you just look at all of the facial creams that I put on to keep this beautiful complexion that I have. So I keep looking as young as I do. You can can go to the gym. You you go to the gym. I saw a picture of a guy that was at a gym, and he was 75 years old, and that dude was buff. And I was going like, I don't want to mess with that cat. He probably kicked my hindquarters. So we do all this stuff to try and stay young. Why? Because God put eternity in our hearts. If you've been in church for any time at all, you will, you'll know kind of that language. You will hear people say, you were created with this God-shaped vacuum. It, 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 is, it is a God space. And, and, and so we have this God-shaped box in our life that God put here, and it also creates this longing for us to fill that God-shaped box or vacuum or whatever it is that we're missing, that gap that we have. The problem is, is that we have this gap in our lives calling for us to fill it, and what we do is we look at things that are temporary to fill the gap, and, that temporary, and the temporary things we try to fill it with will never fill it because it's a gap that's made for eternity. 
here's where this time of year kind of hits us hard because we often fall for the false message that we, what we have and who we are isn't enough and so they want to give us a status and an identity that we long for. And we get sucked into the message from the, the marketing gurus that we are missing out on the vital things we need to... And so we have this thing raging inside of us that says we need to fill this with something and it's always raging and, and coming alive and we're trying to calm it down somehow and so we, we buy into what they're selling and we, we want to buy the latest and the greatest and the best available thing and we want to put it into our gap so that it will ease it, so it will calm it down so it's not always bubbling up. We want to push it down a little bit and we want to find some contentment and some peace in our life. And so we look at these temporary things that we're trying to push in there. But the truth is about those temporary things is that they will, they will last, but they only last for a little while. They will bring a bit of calm to the inner cry of your being, but the temporary things are like contaminated gas in your car. Your car will run for a little bit on contaminated gas, but then when the contamination actually hits your motor, all of a sudden your motor goes, it ain't gonna work no more, and so it pulls over, now you're beside the side of the road just kind of sitting there doing nothing. And, and, and so, for better or for worse, that's what we do is we keep putting things in here to get us a little further down the road, but all of a sudden that contamination makes us kind of pull over to the side of the road and we sit there wondering what is going to come and ease this ache inside of me. Sometimes we have these things that take place in our life and I, I think of them as kind of a high water mark in our life. You, you've had some. We've all had them. Matter of fact, when we were kids, what we wanted from our parents is, could you just back off and give me some space? Right? And so your parents go like, okay, Junior, you can have some space. And we're like, okay, that feels good. But then it didn't last very long. Now I want to graduate from high school so I can get out of this one horse town. So I graduate from high school. High watermark. Then we want to go to college, and so we go to college, and we get to college, and all we're consumed with when we go to college is, who's the one I'm going to marry? Who is she? Because look at all of them. There's got to be one in there that will say yes to me. And so we find the one that we trick. Sorry about that, honey. And that becomes the high water mark for us. And we're like excited. And then we go like, well, I need to graduate from school, from college. And then we graduate from college. And then we start our first job in our career, another high water mark. And we have all these things going on. And we have these high water marks in our life. And they're good. Believe me, they're good. But the problem is we're trying to use those high water marks as the position in our heart that, that we're going to fill this spot that God created for eternity. And the thing is, is those high water marks, all of a sudden they fade. You remember when you got your first promotion, how great that felt, right? Has anybody here been promoted? <laughs> all right, let's make, you know when you got that job stocking shelves? Yeah. Didn't that feel great? Yeah. And then, and then all of a sudden you're going like stocking shelves really sucks. 
So I want to become the manager of the store. Then I want to own the chain of stores. And so we have these high water marks and we keep striving and going after them. But the problem is, is that every time we go after these things, it just leaves us at some, they're good for a while. They're good for a month, maybe three months, maybe even for three years after you've gotten that promotion. You've climbed the ladder of success and you're there and you're there for three years. And then all of a sudden you're going, there's got to be something else because I've got this ache again right here. And that's why when we try to fill the gap with everything except for what God intended for us to fill it with, it just kind of leaves us frustrated and discouraged. And that's why some of us keep on moving on from one relationship to the next, from one job to the next, because we're looking for something, something to bring this satisfaction that's going to bring me some kind of peace, some kind of joy, some kind of contentment in my life. But the problem is it won't last because it's only temporary. Temporary things can be satisfying, but they can't sustain and we end up back on the treadmill of looking for something. I think that the people that are marketing all this stuff to us at this time of the year must be absolute geniuses. Because, listen, they're not just kind of shooting in the dark, trying to hit at something that, we, that is going to appeal to us. I think that they've figured out that there is this something in here that desires something. They know it. So they advertise to it, knowing that they can probably get a lot of us to go after those kinds of things. But what, what those companies really are doing, it's not that they're just playing to the desires of our heart, heart and, the, and the gap here deep in our soul. What they're really doing is they are pushing against the word of God. Last week I saw another one of those vehicle, I don't know why I like vehicles so much. Probably because, you know, the things I drive, you got to avoid the mud puddles so you don't get water splashing up on you know, as you're driving on the inside, you know what I mean? I've had that car before. But this one I saw, it says, here's what you need for Christmas. You need a scarf, and they show this really lovely scarf. And then a nice winter jacket. It looked expensive. And leather gloves. And a nice beanie. And a nice BMW SUV. <laughs> that is going to make your Christmas complete. What the Bible says, and, and what happens when you look at that BMW, is you start to look around at your neighbors, and all of a sudden you're looking at your neighbor, and you're going, wow. Why does he have such nice stuff and I have junk? Why does a guy that just graduated from college, why is he driving an 85,000 Ford F-350 fully loaded diesel pushing truck? My truck's a 1989 Toyota pickup truck. And it doesn't run very good. She's got a lot of miles on her, about 450,000 somewhere around there. 
And what the Bible says is that's covetousness. And when we start to covet things, some things, what coveting does is it becomes an accusation against God. Because when you covet something that's not yours and you want it that bad, what you're saying to God is, you don't care about me. You don't provide for me. You don't love me. Every time we break a commandment of God, it becomes an accusation against God. Every time we sin against God, we're saying to God, you don't love me. This is better than what you have for me. This sin is more satisfying than you are. And it's an accusation against God. And so we step into these things. And what we're saying, every time we violate something that God says, don't touch, don't taste, don't smell, don't engage in, don't look at, every time we do, it's an accusation saying, God, you don't love me. You don't care about me. You don't provide for me. And we enter into this cycle of foolishness where we see something that we believe with all of our hearts. If I can just get, and you fill in the blank, a BMW SUV, my life would just be a miracle. I will, I will finally be happy. I'll find real joy. I will amount to more than what I really am. People will look at me and respect me. And it's all just a lie because the truth is, is that we're trying to fill an eternity gap in our life with temporary stuff with the hope that something will give us inner peace from the turmoil that rules in our lives. The truth is, God has always known we would be trying to fill this gap with temporary. He knew it. it this, he didn't go like, oh, I did that, and now look what they're doing. They're making a mess of their life. Shouldn't have done that. That's not what God is saying. He put that desire, that gap in our hearts for a very specific purpose. He wants us to have that longing, but he wants us to fill it with something else than what we're filling it with so that we find something that would actually completely satisfy us. That's, that's what we're longing for. And, and it's the essence of hope that God would do something so wonderful for me that it would bring me the greatest satisfaction and joy that I could ever imagine. My life would be transformed. C.S. Lewis said this, he said, if I find in myself desires which nothing in this world can satisfy, the only logical explanation is that I was made for another world. Uh, let, let me put it to you like this. Lewis is saying this, is that the desire that I have that can't be satisfied with my senses, meaning that there are some things inside of me that if, even if I were able to touch it, see it, taste it, smell it, hear it, feel it, it won't, it won't satisfy that inner desire. That means I was created for something more than this world. The advent of Jesus puts a bullet, a death blow, to the temporary things of this world, and he's the one that will bring happiness and contentment to my life and solves the issues that haunt you and haunt me in our hearts. 
the issue of dissatisfaction. Let me help you see this from John's Gospel. Now, we've been in John's Gospel for a long time. And so you've forgotten John chapter 1. So I'm going to go back there and kick it up again because it says this. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through Him, and without Him was not anything made that was made. In Him was life, and the life was the light of men. The light shines in darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. There are two things I want to point out to you this morning from this passage. First, this just said... Jesus is not a creation of God, but is God himself and has always existed and will always exist as God. In other words, he is eternal, no beginning, no end, always there, always present, always engaged. And therefore, if Jesus reigns and rules in our hearts, he fits and fills the eternal gap in our hearts Perfectly. Let me help you see this from Colossians 1.27. To them God chose to make known how great among the Gentiles are the riches of the glory of this mystery. This is a mystery that the people didn't know about for thousands of years. What's the mystery? Which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. This, this is the best news you could ever get. Because when Christ died on the cross, he, he, he dealt sin and death, a death blow. He became victorious over that. But what does that mean for us? What does that mean for you? It, what it means is, is that this, it's this thing that we call the um, union with Christ, with Jesus. Meaning that when you submit your life to Jesus as Lord and Savior of your life, there is this union, this coming together of you as a person and God the Holy Spirit as the divine entity and it comes together and what God does is He deposits His Holy Spirit into our lives as, as a, a mark guaranteeing us as His inheritance. When, when you have the Holy Spirit here in your life, what has happened is there's this transference that has taken place because in your life you have all these things that are going on. All of your sins, all of your rebellion, all of your anxiety, worry and fear, all of the hurts you've ever had, all of the rejection you've ever known were placed on Jesus and He bore them on the cross so that you in turn would receive all of His righteousness. No, there's got to be more than that. Because this is the righteousness of Christ. I'm telling you that when you have the righteousness of Christ, because you have the deposit of the Holy Spirit in your life, now when God looks at you, He doesn't see you. He doesn't see me as a sinful human being. All He sees is the righteousness of Jesus. That's what happens when Jesus fills that eternity spot inside of us. When we get that, that God-designed eternity gap filled, what happens is we find that our lives 
without all of this other stuff, we find contentment. We now experience joy where before we would have been sad or miserable. We find peace where there would have been anger. Everything that you've ever really wanted, really wanted. Because the stuff, you know, you bought a new car six years ago, it's already been crushed. It's down the road. But what you get from Jesus, the joy, the happiness, the peace, the contentment, nobody can take that from you. No one. That's the real gift of Advent. It's the same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead is the same spirit that resides in you. Do you understand the power of that? The power to overcome sin, to come overcome our bad thinking, to overcome the way that we walk or the way that we talk, the things that we do in our life. But here's the thing, this hope of glory that Jesus has for us is made available and is possible for everyone who puts their faith in him. Let me go back to John 1. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him, and without him was not anything made. Without him was not anything made that was made. In him is life, and the life was the light of men. The light shines in darkness, and darkness has not overcome it. So the second thing I want you to understand is that Jesus is also the creative agent in all of creation, which means that he's the one who will reorder our lives. He will take what is broken in my life, he will take all the scars that I've incurred over my lifetime, the things that people have said about me, the negative thoughts I've had about myself, the way that, that I've done things myself that have caused my own pain, all those things Jesus is going to take because he, he isn't done creating. He's still creating. He's creating new people in Christ Jesus. We call it being born again, coming to faith in Christ. That's the create, that is the finest creation work God can do. The greatest miracle is when a sinner becomes a saint. When the lost is found. When the unrighteous knows the full righteousness of Christ in their life. That is the good news that we have because Jesus is recreating, reordering our broken and messed up lives so he will put those things back into a semblance of order and help us to know what it means to live by the living God working out all of his goodness and purpose in our lives. In Ephesians, Paul said this, I pray that your hearts will be flooded with light so that you can understand the confident hope he has given to those he has called. Get this, his ho- you his holy people who are rich and glorious, his rich and glorious inheritance. Jesus has given you this hope. God is the hope of all the things that we have. He is the hope that is going to set all of the wrongs right. He is the hope for this world. We are the ambassadors of God's righteousness to a hopeless world. That's why this candle is lit, for us to be the light in a dark time. We are the righteousness of Christ. We need to live as though we are righteous. 
We need to live as though Jesus has done something deep in my life that has changed me forever so that I look back at the guy I was and I thank God for who he has made me to be. His righteousness means this, that he has forgiven me of all of my sin. I am not attached to any of the stuff that's ever happened in the past of my life. This is where some Christ followers have gotten a little bit messed up. Because what they're doing is they keep hearing this little voice right here that says, you're no good. Did you ask God to forgive you of that sin? If he didn't forgive you of that sin, then you're not forgiven and you need to do something to earn his forgiveness. That's a lie straight from the pit of hell. That is garbage. That, that's a, a CD that you need to hit the button and eject. Do you guys still know what CDs are? I was going to say 8-track player, but boy, that would date some of you. Yeah, baby. I wish I would have kept all those. I'd be a cabillionaire now, selling them on the internet. With I would have had cabillion Bitcoin. I don't even know what that is. But here's the good news. Is that all of that stuff from my past, it's gone. He's, he's separated that from my life. He, he doesn't want me to go back and revisit and rethink about all that stuff. He says, that's gone. Live free in Jesus. Here's the good news. The rebellion that I'm living in right now, and by the way, there is some rebellion in me. There's rebellion in you. Right now, that rebellion against God is already forgiven. Every sin I will ever commit between this moment and the moment I take my last breath, that's all under the blood of Jesus. It's all forgiven. That's what the coming of Jesus did. That's the hope that he gives to all of us. We live with people who walk every day. You have people in your lives, people that you know who are your friends, people that are coworkers, students that you teach, people that are your bosses. They are stuffing their lives with temporary stuff, hoping to find some kind of release, some kind of hope, some kind of a future. And you've got the greatest news ever. It's the advent that Jesus came and he'll bring right light to your life and give you hope, hope for tomorrow. I know that for some of us, we still keep watching the Hallmark movie, going like, I wish that was me. I hear the chimes and then there's a kiss. <laughs> and we live happily ever after. What do those guys do from this year to next year? What do they do at Easter? Anyway, the truth is, is that when you walk in all of the benefits Jesus has for you as your Savior, you have a greater hope than you could ever imagine. Because the advent of Jesus, because of the advent of Jesus, we now have a hope for a better marriage. We have a hope for better relationships. We have a hope for raising our families in a godly environment where our kids can know salvation way sooner than we did, where our kids will understand what a peaceful home looks like instead of the one that's always fighting, where they will experience unrelentless and unconditional love their whole lives. We will be able to live in harmony because of the hope that Jesus brings to us. We have hope for getting our finances actually under control and living as though our finances make a difference to God. 
Because of Jesus, we have a hope of healing in our lives from the wounds of other people, from the, the, the relational scars we've created in our own lives, from the illness that the doctor said to you, you know what? You're not going to die from it, so just learn how to live with it. Jesus says, that's not what I have for you. I'll heal you. I'll bring healing to your life. There's people sitting in here, and I'm one of them, that have had a miracle of healing in our lives. You can too. Because of Jesus, because of the hope he brings to us. We have healing from emotional scars. Because of Jesus, we can find freedom from all the stuff of our past that wants to control our future. Isn't that good news? Because he's the one that keeps us from trying to put a temporary where eternity belongs. Here's the words Paul wrote to the Roman church. I pray that God, the source of hope, will fill you completely with joy and peace because you trust in him. Then you will overflow with confident hope through the power of the Holy Spirit. Amen? Let's pray. As you got your heads bowed and your eyes closed, I I know that there are probably some folks sitting here this morning going like, man, I've been cramming temporary stuff into this spot right here. And I I, I just need help in getting back to letting Jesus, the ruler, the king of my life, take control. And I just need, I need some prayer for that. So if, if you're just going like, I'm tired. I'm tired of the temporary things that are not bringing me satisfaction. And I just want to have that deeper relationship with Jesus for satisfaction. Just put your hand up so I can pray for you. Okay, put it up high. And, and then what I want you to do is once you get it up, then turn, turn your hand like towards heaven like you're receiving from heaven, because I'm going to pray a blessing for you. Our Father, you see every hand that is skyward, asking you to come and give them a, a different Christmas season where they're experiencing your goodness, where they're knowing your work in their lives, where they get to go like, Jesus is the most satisfying thing I've ever experienced in my life. And today, Lord Jesus, I love you. So come and do that deep work in my heart. Holy Spirit, work where, work where I've kind of not let you in before. Come and fill that, that Holy Spirit gap again and fill me with joy and contentment and peace and then let me show that to the people that are around me. Let them enjoy your presence through me this Christmas, I pray. I ask God that you would just do that miraculous work in my life and I give you all praise and glory and honor right now. I pray this in Jesus' great, glorious name. And all God's people said, Amen. Amen. Hey, listen.